12 master's uh, capstone project on this particular uh, subject. So, wow, that's really perfect. So I know I couldn't host a podcast called On the Grind, literally, (laughs) without addressing grind culture. I know that, like, I don't want to perpetuate this idea um, of hustle culture or grind culture where it's the mentality that a person has to work all day, every day, in pursuit of their professional goals. So no matter what, you're available, you're hustling, you're reachable 24-7 around the clock. You're the first person to come in, the last person to leave. You have a never-ending to-do list. And it's almost like this badge of honor is contagious. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely someone who doesn't, who's, who's, I've never had like the the grind culture mindset, like ever. Mm -hmm. Because I am just a person that kind of marches to the beat of my own drum. Yeah. And I really don't like to give people that type of control. So I'm definitely excited to have this conversation and to help people you know, navigate how they can release some of that control that other people have over them. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that's something that's so important. And we don't want to advocate for stretching yourself thin or burning yourself out because it can really be impactful, not only to your mental health, but your holistic well-being. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. So as we return back to school, people are returning back to work, heavier projects, busier schedules. How can we address hustle and grind culture? And why is this idea dangerous for young professionals? So um, I think it's dangerous because it for- forces workers to have like that mindset of like go hard or go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and this mindset in the, host- in the hustle uh, puts the body into a state of like fight or flight. Right. And so when you're in that state consistently, you're consistently like stressed out. Um, and those high amounts of stress can be very like impactful and dangerous to someone's well-being. I know personally, like literally stress kills. So we want to make sure that we're not in environments where we're like overly stressed and overly burned out and we're setting those like clear boundaries and intentions to, you know, avoid that. Absolutely. So how would you define burnout? Like what exactly is that? So I can give you like the textbook definition of burnout and <laughs> like my definition of burnout. Um, so burnout is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling like swamped or overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, the results of burnout can result in excessive and like prolonged emotional, physical and mental stress. Um, in many cases, burnout is related to like someone's job or like what they do most of the day that takes up their time, you know, whether it's a job or like being a stay-at-home mom or whatever it, the case may be. Um, burnout typically happens like, again, when you're like extremely overwhelmed, emotionally drained, or unable to keep your life um, balanced. Yeah. So how do you think people can create this work-life balance? I know in our podcast, we talk so much about being a young professional, being a former student, or if you still are a student and you're pursuing journalism, which is such a a on-the-go industry, it's 24-7, news never stops. Like These are the things that we hear all the time. 
So when you're thinking about anyone in a very hands-on, very fast-paced industry, what are some healthy ways to create a more positive work-life balance? Like, what would you say to a client who really wants to get there, but they just don't know where to start? I think, like, the first step is, like, shifting your perspective of what, like, work is to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, so for, this is an example, I guess clients all the time. So, like, I treat my work day like you would treat, like, your workout for the day, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start a workout, you probably get on the treadmill to, like, you know, increase your uh, adrenaline and get ready for that big workout, right? Right. So then you work out, and then you have your cool down time. So I think, like, it's important to have that similar perspective when you're thinking about your work day, right? Yeah. So, like, when I simply start my work day, I might check my emails and stuff like that, and that kind of helps me give, give a, a mindset of, like, okay, what do I need to do for the day? I create my to-do list. I knock those things off my to-do list. And then I always have a cool-down period at the end of my, like, work day. And that's, like, the last 30 Ooh. minutes to an hour um, before, like, the end of my work shift. Yeah. And I use that as my cool-down period to kind of prepare my body, prepare my mindset to be done, to be off. Um, I'm I'm really <laughs> strict with myself, per se, about, like, you know, make, ha- turning work, work on and off. I like think you have to have the boundary you have to set like mm-hmm. you know those clear intentions like okay I I signed up to work this job eight to five okay. I'm going to work from eight to five and as soon as five o'clock hits I'm done mm-hmm. but you're also very intentional about like planning out your work day so that you can't actually be done yet that cool down period is maybe doing your um like check like just like you started your day you're ending your day the same way like you're checking your emails to make sure like all those last minute things are done or setting up your day for the following day right <clears throat> so you know you don't consistently like take work home because i know as soon as i walk in the door i work from home mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as i log off the computer i'm done like i turn my work phone off i send my emails to silent like i set those clear boundaries and, and clear intentions so i think it's important to do that when you're trying to create you know work-life balance and it's important to know like what's valuable and what's important to you. Like, I have a family, so, like, it, it's important for me to have family time. Work is not m- more important than my family time for me. A growing family at that. <laughs> yes, and, um, I, I, you know, you just have to find a way to, like, shift your perception of, like, what work is going to look like to you. Yeah, most definitely. That's, like, the first step in creating some type of work-life balance and it's and it doesn't happen overnight like mm-hmm. i've had plenty of clients where we've had like i've had, we've had to have conversations about like careers and finding work-life balance and it's not like something you can turn on and off especially for minorities in particular <laughs> like that's not that that work and that grind is not something that we can turn off so easily because we're it's so ingrained in us wow yeah i'm so happy you brought that up Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's that's real and I think sometimes if you're in a predominantly white space or if you're a woman absolutely if you're a predominantly male space like it's so difficult and then you're both and then you think about like I'm young I'm, I'm black I'm new I have to really deconstruct their minds that I'm not this and I'm not that and I'm gonna break right. myself and I think sometimes we can internalize that 
that pressure to, to break a stereotype in the workplace, which is so, so unhealthy. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because like when I was prepping for this, um, one of the questions you sent over, uh, I kind of mentioned that too, like especially for minorities in particular, like it's so important to be um, transparent mm-hmm. um, and speak your truth in the workplace, like with employers and professionals of like whether or not, you know, it's serving you or not and what can be put in place to serve you. And like so often, especially for minorities, we we like fear speaking up for ourselves. Wow. Because we're so often like put down to the point where like, oh, you should be grateful that you have this job opportunity. Mm. You know, what are you complaining for? There's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of people like you here. Mm. So you're fearful of like speaking up on what your needs are. But I think, again, going back to shifting the perspective is you have to change your mindset that they're lucky to have you too. Absolutely. Wow. And it's not one-sided. But I think, like, that's a society thing. We can go into a whole nother <laughs> about that in particular. Yes. Okay. But I think that it's good to, like, be super transparent. And again, finding your voice is something that takes time. These are not, like, tools that happen overnight. But being intentional every day is what helps you, like, gain that awareness. Wow, that's really awesome. So for people who have that fear, like they may be soft-spoken or they're just internalizing the things that we just spoke of, what do you think they could start with saying? Like, what are some some things that we could lead with the next time we want to talk to our employer or our professor? Um, I think that um, going back to kind of what I said in the beginning of like the importance of values, Uh, of like your own personal values and like knowing what's valuable to you in a work environment and these conversations should I feel like should not be happening like once you already have the job they should be happening in the interview process oh wow um like when you are you know how you prep yourself for an interview um to you know answer their questions but you should also have questions to ask them too okay yeah um, so questions about like, you know, how does your company, um, like how does, how does your company include mental health? Like, do you got, do you offer free counseling for your employees mm-hmm. uh, or reduce counseling for your employees? How do you, how does this company create a work-life balance? It's like if those type of things are important and valuable to you prior to going into a job, Make sure you're having those conversations, you know, in the interview process to avoid being stuck at a job or a situation that you don't want to be in. Um, Again, that goes like back to being very intentional with what you want out of life. And then for those that are like just naturally soft-spoken, and I can speak for myself too. I, I, I'm not perfect. And I've been in interviews where, you know, they ask, do you have any questions? And my answer is no. <laughs> so I, I've been in that situation too. But I just I think it's like super important to to be intentional. And then when you're like soft spoken and you're already let's say you're already in that job role, um, I think it's very important to like role play with yourself. I talk to myself all the time. There's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. <laughs> so um talking to yourself and prepping yourself for those conversations and not going into them blindly, doing your research. Mm-hmm. Um you know, having a list of like things that you need, but making sure that they're clear. 
Yeah. Um, because if you go into those conversations and don't have like, you know, uh, uh, something to go off of, if you're just going, going in it based off of feelings, right? And sometimes when we go into conversations solely based off of feelings, we say things that other people are not going to articulate the way that we will articulate because of their own, you know, life experiences. So I think it's important to make sure that you have like a clear idea of like, what is it that's the problem? Like get to the core of what the issue is and come up with some ways that not only the job can resolve it, but also you can resolve it within yourself. Right. Yeah. Because again, you want to, you don't want to give them all that power. Like you have control too in the situation. How can you create more, more boundaries at work? Like, Like without, because, I mean, let's be honest, you can have a conversation and nothing can change. Mm. So how can you, on your own, create those boundaries? How can you create those boundaries? I feel like you are speaking directly to me <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Because I think, like, I really feel that. And it's resonating because I'm so early in my career. Like, I'm only a few months in out of being an intern. So I, like... I'm still figuring out like, okay, I don't, I don't want to portray that I'm lazy, but it's like, well, where, where does this idea that you're lazy even come from? Because you need a day off. Like you're not, we're not robots. And I think as black, young black professionals, especially as black women, the way that we show up as caretakers and speak to it oh we we take care of things to the point of our own detriment and I have to actively think like are you thinking of yourself today are you thinking of yourself this week are you thinking of yourself with this schedule and oftentimes to be transparent the answer is no and it's it's very hard yeah and you have to you have to reverse that mindset too Victoria because like you can't you you have to again going back like you have to be super intentional and like when you are making plans and doing things how does it serve me ask yourself that all the time Hmm. simple things like how does it serve me and if it's not serving you you don't need to be doing it and that's probably that's how being selfish and there's nothing wrong with being selfish and I think that that is a big thing too in not just the black community but women in general like yeah you know, it's looked down upon for us. God forbid we selfish and we choose ourselves. Right. You know, that's a, that's a huge issue. And again, I could go on a whole tangent about that. Absolutely. <laughs> but you have to like be intentional and choose yourself and, um, you know, continue to choose yourself every day. Wow. That's, that's really the key. How is this serving me? How does this serve me? And I feel like that's such a a great question. It's so quick to remember, but it's something that can mean so many different things because you can apply that to a multitude of situations. Yeah, work, relationships, the food you eat. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually. So for people who, there, there are these resources, right? So for people who can get some therapy sessions waived from their employer or their insurance covers therapy, Mm -hmm. where can they start? Like, how can they find a professional like yourself to really start this journey of holistic wellness? 
So um, the main place that I am going to promote right now. Yes, you better. Is definitely Therapy for Black Girls. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a website that caters to Black women, but not just Black women. I mean, a man, man, non-performing, all of, anybody (laughs) on this website um, and find their local uh, mental health counselor or clinical therapist that is of a minority in their area that takes their insurance. It's literally like a checkbox. You check off, you try to find your insurance, you put the mileage in and they'll populate all the um, minority therapists or Black therapists um, in your area. So that's one of the big, biggest like websites and platforms that I also, I also, um, I've also used myself. Um, and then like, of course, like you mentioned, like, uh, having conversations with your primary care doctor, um, your local insurance company. And then a lot of people don't know this, but like, if you're in school, a lot of schools offer free counseling. Um, free or reduced counseling, but most of mo- in my experience is mostly free. Yeah, um, they offer free counseling services for students and I think employees too. So you know, again, when we're talking about speaking up, speak up for yourself and know and you know realize when you need help. Um, and and try to be proactive and not waiting until you're in the crisis state. Wow, this is. Truly amazing. And I know your little shout out to yourself. That was quick, but (laughs) you are really doing some incredible things in your career. You, we went to the same alma mater. (laughs) So you went to DePaul for undergrad. Then you went to Northwestern for graduate school. You got your master of arts in clinical mental health counseling. Shout out to you. One of the best programs in the country. And as a strength-based and relational therapist, you guide your clients through these things, mindfulness, self-awareness, self-reflection, and self-care. So if people yeah. want to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, so my, my professional Instagram is currently under repair right now, but once it's up and running, you can find it <laughs> at weatheringthestorm um, underscore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm actually not seeing clients like for individual therapy right now because mm-hmm. um, I am making a baby. So speaking yes. <laughs> of setting boundaries and um yes. knowing when you need a break, I'm giving myself a break right now. Yes. Um so catch me sometime next next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be seeing clients again. Um, in the individual setting, but all the updates will be on my Instagram. And again, that is at weathering the storm underscore. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. And congratulations again on the wedding, the baby that I can't wait to meet. I'm not going to go into a tangent because I love babies, but <laughs> I'm so, so excited for you. And I really admire the way that you practice what you study, you practice what you preach. I really appreciate the boundaries that I see reflected in you as a young professional, a young Black woman, really doing some awesome things. So thank you so much, Storm, or Mrs. Matlock, excuse me, (laughs) for your time and for this session. Like, I really feel comfortable and I can feel that you understand some of these experiences. And I think when you're getting mental health services, that's so important. 
to be able to see your counselor, see yourself and your counselor. That's why, that's the the last part that she said is like the biggest reason why I got into this field because it's not that many of us out here where Mm -hmm. you can get across from your counselor, from your therapist and see yourself within them. Of course, we don't all go through the same exact struggles, um, but in a lot of ways, we definitely can relate with one another. Um, so I really appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you giving me time and space to speak my truth. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again. And I can't wait to see all the new updates, um, holistically, your life, your professional career. And we're on the grind, but we're not perpetuating grind culture. <laughs> so thank you, Storm. <laughs>